the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 3 this Monday, we're circling back to what I said in my opening segment, my monologue. Are we done punishing the kids yet? It appears that we are not. I uh, think I may have mentioned last week that we were going to have a few, three or four uh, mama bears in here in studio on Monday to talk about what's going on with COVID in the schools, uh, particularly what's going on as a follow-up to one of the more prominent uh, private schools in this uh, in this state, if not the country, really, which is Brophy College Prep. And we are delighted to have three people who know it well, parents and experts. Uh, we have Lisa, we have Christy, and we have Katie. Katie is on the line, so I'll, just, I'll start with her. Katie, welcome to the show. And as a first-time guest, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you came to be interested in what's going on at Brophy College Prep. Local mom of four, and um, I use mental health advocate. I travel. Um, the topic of youth mental health, and um, have done some significant work on the topic of boys as well. Fantastic, thank you, Katie. And um, let me let me then next go to Lisa. Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have a child at Brophy Prep, yes? I do. I have a child at Brophy, um, and. My son is an alumni uh, from Brophy and um, really thought highly of the school. And he worked real hard to get in. He got he tested with honors, top 10% of the country of entrance exams. So he worked hard because he wanted it, the academics and, and the sports. So um, we, were, we were really looking forward to the experience there. And this year, it's, uh, being a li- it's a little different. We had another mom come on. Uh, she said she had her children vaccinated. This is a, a mom who has taken a second job to afford Brophy College Prep, but she is standing with the parents that don't believe that their children should be man- uh, mandated to be vaccinated to go to Brophy. That's the issue, or part of the issue, is there is a what uh, Channel, F- uh, Channel 4 NBC affiliate here is called one of the toughest mandates perhaps in the entire state, which is at Brophy College Prep. Would you tell us what those mandates include? Well, some of them that, that, that are really hitting home with me are um, that if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to go on any retreats, whether it be sports or academics or anything like that, any off-campus um, activities. You have to be vaccinated to go off-campus. What if you test negative? You still cannot go unless you're vaccinated. Okay. And even vaccinated People or children, students that are uh, report neg- they can go. They still have to take a test, and they're negative. They get to go. So if we re- report, so the testing test, is not the problem. The vaccinated get tested. Yeah. The unvaccinated Which can't even take the test. Frustrating because yeah. they can still can get COVID and yep. spread COVID you while you're vaccinated. You so why are we punishing the children or the students there? that are not vaccinated because it's not even their decision. These are parents that are making the decisions for the best interests of their children. The school is not the one who's supposed to make decisions for our children, and they're not even being liable or accountable. If they did get vaccinated, where are they going to be 10 years from now if my son has an adverse effect when his medical doctor is advised not to get it? 
We've, we've been talking about this on the show. A group of parents wrote an op-ed. The administration at Brophy pushed back. Katie, how do you respond to the administration at Brophy writing in the Arizona Republic that um, the school Brophy, because of you guys, has become, quote, a target of attacks? Have you attacked the school? Have you attacked the administration? Well, I personally don't have a student there, but as a youth mental health advocate, I can say that um, that's probably not the approach we want to take when we want to engage parents as stakeholders in this conversation. This is a public health crisis that we're all enduring, and certainly with parents paying eighteen to $20,000 a year, I would hope that the message would be, come forward, come to us, let's work together on this issue and find a middle ground that serves all as opposed to being so adversarial. Lisa, one of the things the administration said in the Arizona Republic op-ed is the reason they favor vaccinations is because um, if the students are exposed to COVID-19, that will help protect them. But the funny thing about this is Brophy may be the only school that believes this. Yeah, if they're vaccinated, they should feel protected enough as as being vaccinated, right? I would so, think so. So why are you punishing the unvaccinated? Well, they say they're following the science. Talk to me about you or Katie. Tell me about the science, who, whoever wants to. Well, yeah, we've requested science okay. results, and we haven't gotten nothing. In fact, we actually have a group of um, – he refers in that article as a few families. Yeah. Well, we have a group of over 800 people that are uh, in the same belief that – we don't want to have vaccinations for our kids, and they don't. We don't require that they should be held back from from things that are enjoying a high school experience with them, uh, with everyone else, you know. And I don't feel like they're they should be sharing their medical information publicly like that. Like their option is to get vaccinated or get in line and get tested twice a week on campus, which then you're kind of singled out and everyone knows your medical your private medical information well yeah that that that's problematic but so so too is the segregating and pitting students against each other for purposes of field trips christy did you want to weigh in on something yes i was going to say they make it sound like it's so easy the alternative is oh testing no problem right they do go into that talk to me about that they're saying what we make testing widely available and that sounds fine but then you find out it's twice a week testing and it was you can't help but think that it was designed to be unpleasant because it's the it's still a nasal swab. It's in the gymnasium. It's before school every morning, and they said you need to plan for a half an hour. You might have to have up to a half an hour to wait or during, during your lunch hour, and it's that pool-style testing where they combine 25 samples together into one Petri dish, and if that's positive, your child has to go back. Everybody's considered positive. You have to race back the next morning, and if you don't go, you have an unexcused absence. And so te- theoretically, your child could be tested four times a week. Perfect. And still not going to some of these sports events, and the all important. The retreats are crucial. My oldest, who's an alum now, that was so special to him, both the junior and senior year retreats. And my current junior, the idea of him missing out on this special experience just breaks my heart. Katie, talk to me a little bit as someone who's familiar with child psychology and social experiences. Tell me, tell me what the atmosphere at a school like Brophy will be for these students? What is their social and psychological experience when they are having students like this put against one another, families pitted against one another? I mean, it's it seems to me yeah. unnecessary by virtue of the fact that 99.9% of the other schools aren't doing this. Talk to me about psychological um, I, harms. I, I, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you've already got, you know, boys loaded with testosterone. You've got social emotional wellness. You have self-esteem. I mean, you know what boy world was like when you were part of it at that age. It's gotten even worse worse with cancel culture and social media, the ability to spread rumors and everything going viral. So, I mean, for me, the the largest concern I have is, A, there's a better way to do this, and B, before school and lunchtime are two crucial periods of the day for any teenager, any adolescent. It is a crucial time for the brain to be waking up, to be engaged in social, emotional stuff as well as academics. Um, having somebody go test at lunchtime, it, that's the only part of the day where boys and girls get to socialize with each other. So, again, logistically, I'm not sure why the staff is doing this to themselves, but from a psychological standpoint as well, um, shame, fear does not motivate. It actually is the two legs that addiction stands on is shame and fear. Yep. And all I'm hearing about this conversation is divisiveness, exclusionary behavior as well as just really pitting kids against each other which never goes well no it doesn't so any one of you three take this on or all of you i don't care but the one thing i'm uncertain about in all of these whether we're talking masking at schools or vaccines at schools in this case vaccines and brophy college prep who are we trying to protect is this for the fellow students is it for the administrators the parents the teachers who is this articulated protected class we are we are we are aiming we are targeting students for that's a good question i wish i had the answers cuz they have made these decisions based on their studies of 18 months which they will not share with us mm-hmm. so that's also frustrating we offered that a letter that outlined everything in a very professional way very polite way um, we did not bully. We did not threaten. And it was d- drawn up by a, a lawyer. So it was done nicely. We've still not gotten a reply. Yeah. If you that. read their if you read their op-ed, it sounds like you guys have been involved in an in a unrelenting, unremitting bullying campaign against them. We get no replies. Yeah. Nobody. So, um, it's, you know, to Katie's um, point, it's not only divisive for the kids. It's the kids feel pressure and then they are fighting within their families too because they're like mom i want to they're, they're kids they don't look at the big picture yeah the idea of school is a safe space I, I is some is yeah some some families have said that they have to keep telling their kids no we're not because they feel pressure because they're being left out of things i'm seth liebson i'm with these uh, three great uh, mama bears here we will be right back after this commercial break and happy to take calls from you as well Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. we will be right back Back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960, talking with three parents here about the Brophy College prep vaccination policy, what the NBC affiliate here is called perhaps the strictest in the state. Katie, I had I had uh, I want to go to you for a second, given your expertise in psychology. And um, I want to ask you this, because. You know, there are all kinds of schools, all kinds of education opportunities. And one of the study, several of the studies I have read about education over my years in federal education policy is the mark of a good school is a school whose administration is open to parent input and feedback. The president of Brophy College Prep, along with the school principal, wrote this sentence in the Arizona Republic. I'd love your take on it. As a private school, we have discretion to adopt this policy 
and parents who have gone to extreme lengths to activate against us are under no duress to attend. What they're basically saying is we don't want to hear from you, and if you don't like it, you can leave. It's a little more complex than that generally when we're talking about children and their education decisions, isn't it, Katie? It certainly is, especially for kids that are embedded into their sophomore, junior, exactly. senior year. It's yeah. not get and leave, right? right. Um, I just, it's unfortunate that the tension that's been created is now being projected upon the students as well as the parents. That never goes well, especially as we look at the epidemic of youth suicide that we have in the state, specifically boys. Um, we have boys at that school that are teetering, and they certainly don't need this type of tension for themselves or their parents. And again, I just keep saying the same thing. This is not best practice. And and the people at that school are better than this. I know well, that's why I ask. We, we know there's a population of students at every school that are teetering, and Brophy is not immune or exempt from that. I know this as well as anyone. Um, right. But 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 the question then becomes, again, who are we doing this for? Why, why, why are we causing this? Um, the chances of a child getting COVID are much smaller than adults. The chances of a child getting hospitalized are smaller or fewer than Mm -hmm. the chances of someone fully vaccinated actually dying. My assumption is that they are resting on the laurels of this is a public health model approach and this is a community responsibility and as a private we have a community responsibility, which is part of their mission statement. Mm-hmm. Again, I just go back to if they would have engaged the parents in a different way, the outcome would have been much different. And and the the tragedy in this is that this isn't just a, a quick fix, and that for years to come there will be you know long term effects for students and parents from this. Yeah, those receipts will be coming in for for at least a decade and a half. I have no question about that being our second pandemic, quite honestly. But let me let me turn quickly to you, uh, not quickly, but let me turn to you, Lisa and Christy, because in their op-ed, the administrators in the Arizona Republic seem to, well, it's an interesting thing for a, a, a leader in the in, in in the Catholic religion to say this. But evidently, um, minorities are not and viewpoints are not to be cared about. But I wonder if this is true, too. She says fewer than 40 families at Brophy are noncompliant. It's a very small, small, small minority. Now, I find it odd that a leader in Catholic education would say that majority dictates truth. But that having been said, is she right? Is it only something like 40 families? No, it is not. Okay. Uh, judging by the number of people we've had to show up at, at, at meetings, the people who have signed up for emails to learn more what's going on, who signed the letter, and, and the number of boys who are who are now paying for another service off campus, which uh, Lisa can talk to a little, in a little bit more detail. But it was it's a much better option for the kids, and it was something that Brophy was offered and did not – choose to do and it's it's the non-pool style testing it's saliva so it's not invasive and has more flexibility in terms of dropping it off and picking it up and it's a little more private so uh, they did not let the kids do that so we are now paying about two hundred dollars a month for just the option of having more flexibility and a little more privacy and um, and not have to do the nasal scrape. Well, or not even – more importantly, more accuracy because we're not being – their method is to get tested in front of your classmates to be pulled with 25 other – 25 students total. And then if there's a positive test within that 25, then you all have to be 
held in a room and be all tested again. So we're doing collective responsibility on top of this. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. we took it upon ourselves. Um, I, I know of a lab that actually was in conversations and meetings, um, phone meetings with the, with, uh, with Brophy and offered to come on site and do these saliva tests that were accurate or if they were going to have it on site. And they got so far and then they just shut them down. And the next thing we knew, they were having this other company in there with the pooling. There's 60-some families just doing that so plus we, a yeah, bunch so on we campus. we secured this lab to do this third party for our children that don't want to be in line and want to not miss their lunch. And they always they already have to wear a mask while they're eating lunch and in between bites anyway. So it's like, really? So um, so we, we, we uh, connected with Premier Lab Solutions, who is now giving taking the saliva test, um, giving it back within the same day and giving you the next test right, right This is there. the easier way to go, clearly. Yes. So you just drop it off on the way right. to school and you're done and then you upload the results and, and you're done and no one has to see or, or do any. And Brophy won't have it. No. no. Did Brophy do remote learning last year? Yes, and that's and another did it go well? frustrating thing. They have this all down. It did go well. And it can they do well. it this year for those who oh, no, choose not, not to vaccinate? No, because that would be an option, I there's guess. There's no remote learning, and there's also... If they it, won't do it. No. If a, if a boy is exposed, a, a vaccinated child can take a test and be right back in class. A non-vaccinated will have to stay home for seven days, and he's missing school, and he's not allowed to come on campus. So that's another thing. If there was a, if there was a video learning or, or online, that would be that would be okay, but there's nothing. He will miss out on a full week of school. And this is, you are, we're paying, what, $100 a day for tuition is what we kind of average out to be, and being forced to stay off campus when you're not even sick. I have a real problem with that. We all should. How about the mom's oh, retreat? Yeah. Are, are the mothers are allowed to go on the retreat without even providing a test uh-huh. or being vaccinated? So, I'm, again, it raises the question, who are we trying to protect exactly, here? Exactly. Let, let me go to Katie on that point. Katie, you said something about this earlier. I, I did it in my first hour. I was quoting an old sociologist named Neil Postman who was saying that fear and anxiousness in raising children creates fear and anxiousness in children and young adults when they get to that Mm. age. Is this not the case? Is this not what we are going to create, a psychological second pandemic here? Well, it's already here. Okay. (laughs) It was here pre-pandemic, but it's escalated. I mean, when we look at ER visits Mm -hmm. versus suicidal ideation and other self-harming behaviors, they've tripled. Um, You know, we were in it before the pandemic. It's escalated. It's not going to get any better. And as I said, the desired outcome of all of this, I I have the same question that you do. Why all the no? Go ahead. All the exclusion. What is the? um, Let me ask you this: What is the end result here? Where do we go from here? If people are outraged, what should they do? If they're interested, what should they do? What are we asking? Can I have you think about that over the break, and we'll talk about that on the other side in our last quick segment? Will that work for you, ladies? Sure. Sure. Perfect. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Christy, Lisa, and Katie are my guests, all involved in discussing the situation at uh, Brophy College Prep, which is mandating vaccines for the students. For the students. Um, before I go any further, just question for anyone who knows. Uh, do you know if families or students are leaving Brophy over this? Does anyone know? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. So, unfortunately, it's very sad to see people who really loved the school and were excited 
and th- there's differing reports, but it's a lot. I mean, there's huge more than ten. Oh, way more. We've had to change our, our more than twenty. Oh yeah, more than fifty. I'd say over more than hundred. More than a hundred yeah. families have left over this policy, well, which is sad. All right, talk to me about the story I heard regarding a raffle situation. What's the raffle issue with Brophy College Prep? Whoever wants to take that on. Well, Lisa? they're incentivized people that are vaccinated to participate in a raffle where they can win like things like a hundred dollars of um, merchandise at the varsity shop. But you can only participate and win if you're vaccinated. So, a school that promotes inclusivity is now dividing. Um, and rewarding people that are vaccinated. You're not eligible to do the raffle if no. you're not vaccinated. It said download your Vax card, enter to win. I just wonder if anyone's read the decision at Brophy called Plessy versus Ferguson about separate but equal, which Brown versus Board overturned, and they seem to be going back to. Speaking of, I also heard about specific outreach to minority communities. Does anyone have information on this? I've, I've talked to a few families that said they were reached by the principal there and um, threatened to lose their... Um, scholarship if they didn't get their son vaccinated. Oh, really? And there's um, a, another uh, podcast, I think. Was it? Oh, Charlie Kirk. Yeah, I heard this from Charlie Kirk. Charlie yeah, Kirk right. covered that. Uh, yeah, maybe two weeks ago he covered that. Yeah, that's where I heard it. And- so there's d- deliberate outreach by the administration to students on scholarship who may not be vaccinated, saying that their scholarship will be at risk. Well, that's what some of the families have come forward to say. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because they deserve it, and it shouldn't be based on their private medical decisions. Well, and this was thrust upon us. It was six days' notice before school started, and we were so excited. Everyone's heading back to school, and to have this, I I find it hard to believe they didn't know sooner that they were going to be doing this. Everyone's tuition was paid for. Everyone was all upset. It's very hard to try to change course and and figure out something else. If they'd said that in May or June, there may have been even more people who decided to do something else or – and I personally know several people who said, I was sick to my stomach. I drove my son to get vaccinated because I didn't want him to be left out. I wanted him to go to the retreat. I wanted to be on the freshman, whatever. And I was sick to my stomach. And I'm, I, I wish I didn't have to do this. And it was definitely under duress. And to say it's not a mandate, when you make the plan B so unpleasant and mm-hmm. so hard, well, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's known as a Hobson's choice, which is no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, take the rest of this segment as much time as you want. Just I'm going to give you an open mic to talk to parents, anyone interested, about the social harms to children as you know them that we can impose upon them by disrupting their education life, by yanking them out of their social interactions, by pitting them, uh, their families against each other, by pitting themselves. Just talk to me about the, the environment of children and social disruption, please. Take, take whatever time you like. Yeah, I think, you know, for a generation that is already been named the loneliest generation we've had, even though they're wildly connected. It's dangerous to have an environment where we're not collectively and collaboratively coming together. Um, You know, boys in particular at this age are jockeying for position within the social group, and they'll use anything that they can to, you know, be witty and comebacks and be sarcastic. And so something like this just gives more ammunition to that. And it doesn't need to be this way. And so I think it's really important for the adults in the room to cut down the noise at home, cut down the noise at school, and come together. I mean, one of your first questions was, how do we bridge this gap? Well, that starts with a school leadership, executive leadership included, 
who remains open, honest, and direct in their communication and involves stakeholders. And kids are those stakeholders. If you're going to have some sort of policy like this, then you should have students on a task force talking about it as well. I think we often forget that even though they're teenagers, they have quite a voice. And this generation in particular is the most civically minded, the most inclusive generation that we've ever had. And they're they're not going to go quietly. And so I think we're going to start seeing some behaviors manifest in the classroom. We're going to see start seeing some self-harming behaviors if we haven't already. And 20% of the youth population is currently teetering with a mental health issue that's already been diagnosed. So we know that to be true already. I'm not sure what we're doing. Well, that's why I keep asking whose health we're trying to protect, because it leads to a second question. I'd love you to finish up on this point, Katie, if you don't mind, which is there's something I've said for a year and a half or at least a year now. And people say, what are you talking about? There's public health and there's public health. There's the issue of COVID. I get it. And then we have to look at the demographics, of course. But what about the public health that has to do with mental health? Is, is, Is that something that we just discard totally and wholesale? I mean, is it, are we are wow. we elevating, in other words, yeah. the adult's physical health at the expense of a child's mental and social health? We're definitely putting it at risk. And when you look at the lanes of public health, you have prevention, then you have students, you know, let's say 70% of the students in a school are doing well. You have another 20% that are in distress or stress, acute distress, and then you have another 10% that are flipping into crisis where they're going to ERs, they're going to hospitalization, et cetera. Um, we certainly don't want a percentage of that population in the well-being category to slip into distress and then slip into crisis. And what we're, what we're setting up here is for those kids that are already in distress, that were pre-pandemic already distressed kids, this is not helping. No. And the kids that are in crisis, peddling them back from this, the well-being is a heavy, heavy lift in Maricopa County. And so I do believe that we're putting kids at risk. Their mental health is definitely at risk. All of the studies that have currently been done are pointing to that. And we won't be seeing the full long-term effects for a while. But the short term, we already know that they're at risk. Christy, last word. Oh, I was just going to say, for those of us who have been a part of the community for years and years, and you know, whose kids have grown up, always go plan to go there. And when your son has, you know, happy, has friends, loves being there, it's sad now to feel unwanted over this this issue. And it's just been really, really, um, really upsetting for, for many of us. Yes, very disheartening. And we're hoping we can work. We, love we, we can, wanted to have we want a to good be experience. There. We wanted they, to be there with our boys and experience a, a nice high school everlasting good memory mm-hmm. it's just not that way we focus instead of focusing on academics and sports it's all about all this woke and politics and vaccinations and it's everything but academics and pretty pretty much of a shrinking leadership too when the administrators of the school write in an op-ed that they don't want to be the ones bullied kind of interesting yeah. that <laughs> i'm seth Leibson. Thank ladies thank, thank you. you thank you seth Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs, repair, replacement, inspection, new, you name it. 
I've used Trades Unlimited and so have my friends, and they love it. By the way, they, they can do any kind of roofing and with great expertise. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I know these folks well, having visited them, having used them as a customer of theirs. But they also want me to tell you to think about if you have a flat roofer in the market for a new roof, Take a look at a foam roof, insulation from atrocious heat, help from silencing, help in silencing the noise, and, of course, water leaks. Give Trades Unlimited a call for any of your roofing needs, 480-483-1775, or visit them at tradesunlimited.com. Okay, a lot of you have asked for me to repeat what I did in the first hour, which was in the 3 o'clock hour, and I'll do it. I just crunched these numbers before the show using uh, CDC and DHS data. And it goes to the question, who are we trying to protect? Whether we're talking about masking requirements for kids or vaccine requirements for kids. Get your pen out if you want, and I'll, I'll just uh, – this is, this is a new category. Maybe I'll publish it somewhere. I don't think anyone else has done this. Listen carefully. If you just look at the entirety of America, just without breaking – groups down by demographics or age or anything else, there's a two-tenths of 1% chance of dying from COVID, okay? Two-tenths of 1% chance of dying from COVID. If you're a child, however, it's four-ten-thousandths of a percent. Four-ten-thousandths of a percent versus two-tenths of 1%, okay? Now, if you do get COVID, generally, you have about a 1% chance of dying. If you do get COVID. However, if you are a child who gets COVID, you have nine ten thousandths of one percent chance of dying. Okay? Now get this. Call it hashtag perspective if you want. There are twenty almost twenty seven hundred breakthrough deaths in this country. Twenty six seventy four to be exact. Two thousand six hundred and seventy four breakthrough deaths. That is to say People who have been fully vaccinated that have died with or from COVID. Almost 2,700. That's 10 times the number of children, all of them, who have died from COVID this year alone. It's five times the number of all child deaths due to COVID since the beginning. Adults who have vaccinated have died at a rate that is 1,149% higher than all children. There are today in America 2,200 children in the hospital with COVID. Now, you get the headlines of the increased rates of children in the hospital and being hospitalized. They don't give you the raw numbers. 2,200 is the number. 2,200 children in the hospital with COVID. That pales, pales to the 11,440 adults who are in the hospital having been twice vaccinated, fully vaccinated. You got that? There is a 420% difference in hospitalizations between adults who are fully vaccinated and all children with COVID. Who are we doing this for? Who are we doing this for? And it seems an odd thing, but it's eminently true what George Orwell said, which is we've reached an odd point in the history of the world, where the first task of the intelligent is to restate the obvious. So let's restate some obvious things. Schools are for children. Schools are for children. Let's state some other obvious things. Children have a lot of challenges right now, a lot more 
than ever. And when we are talking about terrible things that happen to children from time to time, the community gathers around. Everyone says, how could it happen? I'm so surprised. And then do they ever look at the policies or the practices or the procedures that may have helped lead to those kinds of things? Is the school a healthy place for the child? Are the parents, are the adults, are the teachers, are the administrators taking the child's interests into account? I have to tell you, this bullying thing is an interesting point to me because I was involved in one of the first anti-bullying pieces of startup uh, technology startups. It became a big deal starting around 2002, 2003. Never in my life did I ever think school administrators would claim that they're the ones who need protection from bullying. Never in my life. And yet that's what the administrators at Brophy have put in the Arizona Republic. We would not have children problems in this country if we didn't have adult problems. We have a lot of adult problems. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. It means a ton to us. We take none of it or you for granted. I wanted to put in a last word on George W. Bush's speech commemorating 9-11, where he said in his speech there's little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism and their disregard for human life and their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit and it is our continuing duty to confront them. That was targeted at those involved in January 6th. And the funny thing about George W. Bush is he never used to use the phrase violent extremists. The culture worked on him. The culture worked on him. But it is odd to decry those who defile national symbols, isn't it? Because I was decrying the defying, the desecration and defiling of national symbols all last summer. A lot of people were. A lot of people were. You know who was absent from that criticism of defiling national symbols? All of the left and George W. Bush. Please don't compare Americans ever, ever to the people that did to us what they did to us on 9-11. We are better than that. We always were and we always will be. And George W. Bush, you are too. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.